our scripture this morning is Psalm 120. The Psalms are songs, and so we do sing the scripture this morning. The words are going to be from the Common English Bible, but I do encourage you to look at the Bible in front of you as well to compare the differences and think, how would you sing this if you were singing to the Lord? Thank you for singing that. It brings life to the song for me. It puts a, puts a face to it. I mean, the Psalms were songs and poems that parents passed down to their children, and then they passed down to their children, collected over hundreds of years. And it's so easy to read it in just a really kind of two-dimensional way. Ah, the Psalms. So it's great to hear it sung. Thank you, where'd Huntley go? Thank you, thank you, Huntley, for the song today as well. And the choir, that was really, yeah. Um, a couple of announcements real quick. <clears throat> uh, last Sunday, we had the first the first of many, I promise you. Pizza with the pastor gatherings. Mm, 
It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you weren't able to make it, I'd love to invite you back. So the next pizza with the pastor will be on the first Sunday of February, which is really just in a couple of weeks now. Um, so that's one of the great things about pizza with the pastor is it's going to happen on the first Sunday of every month. And so if you miss it or if you meet someone between now and the next couple of weeks and you're like, man, you really like pizza and you're interested in our church, well, go figure. There's a great opportunity for them to come join us. Uh, we had a lot of great questions that we talked about. We talked about the book of Psalms and why they were the way they were. We talked about Celtic spirituality. We talked about Native American spirituality here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we talked about where in the world did I come from and all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, if you um, can make it, come join us next time. <clears throat> uh, second, uh, next Sunday, right? Next Sunday we have an all-church gathering. That is the 21st, right? That is next Sunday, okay? Um, so um, I'm really excited to talk with you about mission and vision. Those are two things that are central to our existence as a church, our future. And they're things that I'm really passionate about. And uh, it's going to take some time for me to be able to do it with as much gusto and clarity and honesty as I, as I can. So I'd say that this gathering will probably take about um, an hour and a half to two hours. It's not going to be as boring as that may seem. Um, hopefully it'll be stirring and enlivening, but because it will take a little bit of time, I want to invite you to bring some lunch next Sunday, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring, I don't, I don't have any brown paper bags, but I'm going to go find some and put my lunch in it just for like an illustration, because pastors do that. So I'll have my lunch in a brown paper bag. Do the same, right? So bring some food or some carrots or some whatever you want to eat, and if you have any extra, you can share it, but I also understand if that's all you have, that's totally fine. Um, that way we can um, have a slightly more pleasant time together. Um, we're going to meet in here, right here, after the service next Sunday. So uh, we'll finish the service. We'll, I need to, I'll need to go to the bathroom, uh, and then we'll, then we'll come back. So all church meeting next Sunday. Bring some food. Uh, last, lastly, uh, we have begun a season where we're talking about the Psalms. And uh, I began that last Sunday. This is a season that is going to carry us really all the way through almost half of the year. Now, we're looking specifically at a collection of psalms that are in the Bible in a specific book of the psalms called the Songs of Ascent, and that's A-S-C-E-N-T. Uh, sometimes it's translated as the Songs of Degrees, meaning that you're slowly ascending. You're moving up in degrees. Uh, things are changing. These were songs and poems and prayers that were passed down between families as you would make annual pilgrimages to Jerusalem. And so it's Psalms 120 through 134. So that's 14 of them. And so we're going to look at all of those Psalms as well as look at a handful of other Psalms uh, over the course of the next couple of months. So I really want to invite you, if you've never done this or maybe if you haven't done it in a while, to spend some time in the Psalms. So maybe... Um, Maybe reading the Bible is a normal practice of yours, or maybe it is an old practice of yours that you haven't been to in a while. You know, we had Abby and the team sing uh, a psalm this morning, and it took two minutes. Um, so maybe just consider holding that as a practice to maybe root yourself or open up your imagination. So the song, songs of ascent are 120 through 134. There's 14 of them. And today is the first of our songs of ascent. 
So these are songs for a journey. And this is the first one. Before I get there, I want to tell you about an ancient word. Uh, This is a word that has been passed down from century to century to century. It's a word that has helped to shape the faith of an entire civilization of people. It was held closely as life-giving to Jewish rabbis 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. The word is spelt like this, T-S-H-U-V-A-H, teshuva. There's actually an apostrophe there, so it's T apostrophe S-H-U-V-A-H. Maybe write that down if you're a kind of scribbler, T-S-H-U-V-A-H, teshuva. Let me hear you say that. Teshuva. Teshuva. Sometimes it needs like an exclamation point at the end of it. Like, it's not like a teshuva, like a Eeyore, right? It's a teshuva. 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 Teshuva boldly proclaims two things. One, that you were created in goodness. You were created in and out of and through goodness. So the first thing that Teshuvah proclaims is that what is most central to who you are, to where you've come from, and to where you will go, is the goodness most deep in you, teshuva. The second claim that teshuva makes is that we are all broken, that we break. Teshuva is this sort of prophetic holding of two realities, a whole and a broken self. I don't know about you, but I've felt that before. I can somehow simultaneously feel like I I know who I am. I know how I feel. I know where I've come from. I believe that I'm good, and I feel miserable today. Teshuva. In Hebrew, the word teshuva literally means to return. Tov is the beginning part, and then shuv is turning. So tov is a re, shuv is turn. Teshuva is a return, a returning. Think about that word, that single word, as the basis of a spirituality for people. A word that would be whispered in some of the darkest and most fragile moments in your life. Maybe you've lost a loved one. 
Maybe you're trying to hold together all of these chaotic bits and pieces of yourself. Maybe you're trying to reconcile or reckon with something you've done or something that has been done to you. And you hear the phrase, teshuva, return, return or return, turn again. If you are here last week, we talked about the Psalms in general, we talked about Psalm 1, describing life as a life of two paths. And it really wasn't about like, this is the right path, and this is the worst choice. It wasn't black and white, it was more about life. The image that Psalm 1 used was, here is a tree that's planted by streams of water, and here is a tree that has dried up entirely, so much so that if a strong wind even comes by, its leaves are just going to fall off. So we're going to call those the two paths, and it's not about saying, did you choose this or that? Did you get this equation right or this one wrong? It's just about location or orientation. How close are you to those sources that are bringing you, giving you life? So if teshuva begins by affirming what is most good about you, or maybe I'll say it this way, if teshuva begins by affirming where your life really comes from, Think about those things that we do or the way that we fill our calendars or our to-do lists or our schedules and we know that some of these things drain us actually. We also know that there are some things that we do that really are life-giving. Maybe that's a, an art or a craft that you have. Maybe it's silence. Maybe it's time with friends or family or your spouse or partner. If Toshuva is a returning, then it is a returning to those sources of life. Remember, again, in Psalm 1, they even use words like wickedness and sinners. But the idea in Psalm 1 wasn't like, oh, you've done this horrible sin and now you're just completely screwed up. All it's saying is, let's just take note of where you feel like you receive life. And if you need to, if you need to, teshuva, just return. Just return. Return. Take the first step. Not the second step. Take the first step. The psalm today is the first step. It's the first psalm in our songs of ascent. This is the beginning of a journey. Note how the text today begins and ends. It begins with the line, I am in distress. It ends with the line, they are for war. This is not a happy-go-lucky psalm.
This resonated a little too much with me this week. I want to be for peace, but they are for war. I struggled with that this week. I struggled with words from our president. When I was in college, I partnered with missionaries that did work in Honduras and Haiti. I know people who died in an earthquake there, in those places. I want to be for peace, but they are for war. Their language is like sharp arrows. I cannot ignore the fact that the lectionary text for this Sunday comes from the Gospel of John, first chapter. A young man named Philip, for whom I relate, um, meets a well-to-do, powerful Israelite leader named Nathaniel. Philip is excited, goes to Nathaniel and says, you're not going to believe this. You know the one that Moses predicted? You know the one that we've been waiting for? You know that sort of like deep and abiding hope that we've held on to? I think we've seen it. There's a man that's come from Nazareth. And the line from Nathaniel, what good can come from a place like Nazareth? Give me someone from another country. Not there. I love Philip's response. You got to come and see. You got to see what type of people can actually come from these places. I'm for peace. I, I want to be for peace. But it seems like everything around me is for war. Uh, this psalm mentions some specific loca locations. In fact, it's more of a confession. Uh, the locations, Mesek and Kadar, were like military camps. Mesek and Kadar were rulers. And so the locations were the camps of these rulers. Their rhyme and rule and reason and power was pervasive through the whole encampment. The tents of Kadar were like internment camps, refugee settlements. It was a place where you were meant to not feel settled, where you were meant to feel alone, where you did not have a place, and where there wasn't a clear path forward. Messick was a place where you were surrounded by things that did not bring you closer to life, but so rapidly sucked it away from you. Now, maybe you've been in a season of life before where it kind of seems like, you know, if we're just being honest, everything around me is just kind of like sucking me dry. Am I doomed to live in Messick forever? It's just a really simple question, actually. If there are these two ways, and if, if this way is a way that is close to sources of life that are nourishing, that replenish you, that help you become deeply rooted, and if this is a way where you're dried up, things are being taken from you, you're torn apart, your hopes for peace and your hopes for life are just 
withering away. Then maybe, am I doomed to live in Messick is a pretty powerful and honest prayer. I don't know about you, but I've said that before. Am I doomed to live in Messick forever? Am I, am I doomed to live here forever? Is this where it ends for me? Is this as far as I go? Or maybe your prayer, like mine, has simply been this. God, how badly I want to return. Return to something that even though, even though, like Teshuvah, I'm confessing that I have felt brokenness, that I have done things that have broken other people, I also am affirming that there is a source of life, that there is something that remains unbroken in me, something that is still good and true, something that is life-giving. And there are many times where the Psalms have reminded me that as I'm surrounded by what seems to be just absolute chaos, when I'm surrounded by words that are deceitful, words that harm me and others like arrows that pierce right to your core, when I feel like I'm, I'm not even saying I want to be for peace, I'm holding it in because I'm afraid that I'm going to get shot when everyone around me seems to be talking about war. Psalms like this remind me that maybe one of the truest prayers we can pray is to just speak what we're feeling. I'm in distress. They are for war. Amen. Am I doomed to live in Messick forever in the tents of Kadar? When will I feel settled? When can I return? How can I return? Back to Teshuvah. Teshuvah. A returning. Teshuvah, which affirms two things that you, in your most central being, are good. You're created out of goodness. You are capable of goodness. Goodness brings you life while simultaneously holding to the reality that you can be broken, that you can break others, that bad things happen. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Both can exist together. Teshuvah. Do you know how the Bible translates Teshuvah? Repent. Repent. A lot of damage has actually been done with that word. repent. I grew up in the South. I grew up in a culture where, for me, the message that was communicated about what it meant for me to be Christian was that I needed to repent, repent about the ways that I had chosen, which is probably that like my jeans were too long or something. But what is it actually about? But returning Think about the line from Jesus, one that, that we've heard a lot, 
and has become highly evangelized. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Well, what does that mean? Return. Come back home. Come on. Take the first step, not the second. Take the first step. If you're in distress, say you're in distress. I am in distress. I am in trouble. Am I doomed to live in Messick? Is my home among the nomads in Qadar? Turn. <laughs> this is the first psalm of many. There's a lot more. There are many more prayers. They're going to cover a lot of different topics. They're going to access different places in us. But maybe today we can simply hold on to this one prayer, right? Teshuva. Teshuva. Teshuva is when you realize that things around you are broke. There's parts of you that are broke, that have been wounded deeply, and that may not actually be healed. Teshuva doesn't say, let's wrap that up nice and neat. Let's give it a good shine. Teshuva, teshuva says, let's just bring it all out into the light. Let's just name it. Let's just name it, and let's let that be the first step. So I don't know where you're at today. Maybe this falls on different ears for each and every one of us. But I want to invite you on a journey with me and together, individually and communally, over the next several months. Maybe teshuva can be our first step. Not deciding we have to have it all together, knowing that there will be days when we show up and we say, I'm in pieces today. Teshuva. Teshuva. Both. I've been broken. I'm capable of good. I've been hurt, and I'm being healed. I'm lost. I'm ready to be found. I want to leave, and I want to return. I want to say no to a yes. Teshuva. Maybe that can be our first step together. I'd like to invite you into a moment of experiencing a sacrament together. Sacrament. Sacrament, an outward expression, something we can like sink our hands into. Something we can taste and smell and touch. An outward expression of a grace or a spirit that we believe is deep inside of us. Teshuva. In a minute, I'm going to invite you to come forward and receive communion, and I don't believe you're going to have it all wrapped up together. It's not going to be neat and polished. Teshuva.
maybe for us this morning, this might be an outward sign, an outward thing we can taste and touch and feel and consume that might be able to at least name that there's something going on deep inside of us that is still good, is seeking life and beauty. Teshuva. We remember that when Christ gathered together with his disciples, many of which, many of which probably swore that they had it all together. Christ, I will follow you anywhere. Jesus takes a loaf of bread and he gives thanks for it and he breaks it and he says to them, this is my body, something that is whole and complete, nice and neat. My body breaks. So may you do this in remembrance of me. May you break teshuva. Likewise, he takes a cup, a cup that is meant to signify life, a new covenant, a new way of doing things, shoot, a returning. And he gives thanks for it and he offers it to him and he simply says, drink. We've, we've been broken. Now drink, teshuva. Break and receive, teshuva. Teshuva.